Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. There's a difference between do it yourself and do it for a living. At the Home Depot, we get that. And we're here to help pros get the job done with the products and brands you trust. Technology to keep your job on track. Job site delivery to save you time. And bulk pricing on over 4,000 items every day to save you money. When you've got a job, we're on the job. The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Welcome back to the MD Fantasy Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, bringing you the Week 15 Preview Part 2 tonight. It will not be a particularly long episode. We only have four games to go over. And of course, as I said in yesterday's podcast, uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, but you can go back and listen to www.mdfantasyfootball.podbean.com. Also available on iTunes, Simplecast, Radio Public, anywhere you go for your podcast needs. The MD Fantasy Football Show is available to you. And if you went back, if you go back and listen, or if you did listen to yesterday's podcast, you will know that I will also be going over what I expect the off-season schedule to be for the MD Fantasy Football Show today, what you can expect, what kind of improvements you can expect, uh, what everything that you can expect going into the 2019 season and everything, what new information might be available through the MD Fantasy Football Show, all of those things I will be going over after we recap uh, the four games, the two games from 4 o'clock, and then the Sunday night and the Monday night game in this podcast. I'm doing it now because this is probably the last chance I'll get for a lot of you to listen uh, with without it being a jam packed show, you know we got the we got on Thursday and Friday. I have the week sixteen previews, part ones and part twos. Of course, start sit segment as always for those two days as well at MDFF show on Facebook and on Twitter to get those star sit questions answered by me and a handful selected to put on the show as always. Uh, but because those shows will be more jam packed with a lot more content and. Really, other than the people who are in those amateur hour leagues, as I always like to bring up every single show, who actually play their championship games in Week 17 or going into Week 17, I should say, because most of them play uh, in a two-week, one-round matchup game, which is the stupidest thing on the face of the planet. But for those of you who are in those type of leagues and will actually listen to Week 17, they're the only ones that will be listing in Week 17. And being how much I've insulted that group of people, I kind of doubt they'll have too many of those guys listening. And on purpose, by the way, on my part. So 
Because of that, I think it's better for me to go over the offseason schedule today so you guys can get a clue. A lot of you will still be listening in today's matchup because a lot of you, if you've paid attention to the MDA Fantasy Football Show, or at least have followed the player injury news update notifications on Twitter at MDFF Show, there's a good chance that you are playing in your Week 16 championship matchups this week and are still listening to the show and are still heavily invested in fantasy football or even in a DFS format. I don't have a focus on DFS, as I said before, 10 to 12 team leagues is usually what I go over, but I do like to throw names out that I like for DFS going into the week. Some sleepers I'll usually throw out to you as well. So I'll have a couple of those listeners, I believe as well. So that's why I'm going to go over all of that today. Uh, Still should be a shorter podcast at the end of the day though. So let's go ahead and get into it right now so everybody can get back, get ready for your shopping, for your Christmas season. Uh, The only other thing that I think could be distracting you from your fantasy football matchup this week because otherwise it is the biggest game of your season and for some of you who've maybe never been to the championship before, the biggest game of your life and that is not an understatement at all. So let's go ahead and get into that 49er and Seahawk game right here. When it comes to the 49ers-Seattle game, the first thing I want to lead off with is that Matt Breida once again aggravated his ankle injury in this game. And I just want to say, why in the hell is that guy still playing? Look, on Matt Breida's behalf, I get it. You're still still an undrafted rookie. You're still a guy who can be expendable at the end of the day. You want to prove that you're a talented player and that you can tough it out, even though you have a history of injuries and have been nicked up literally all all season long and it's been really a nightmare having him in fantasy football because while he's been valuable like an RB2 you never know if he's going to get knocked out of the game or if he's even going to play that week like it's been a nightmare to own Matt Breida I do own him in one of my leagues and as fruitful as it has been with the unexpected production that he's been able to achieve with Jared McKinnon out it's still been just as much of a nightmare headache migraine but however you want to describe it uh, because of the injury issues that he has had. And I get it. Like you said, Jarek McKinnon will be back next year. Burrito wants to keep his spot on the team. The 49ers have a lot of cap room. There may be some interesting guys available next year. Le'Veon Bell, possibly. Doubtful, but could be somebody whose name might get kicked around. Uh, just a lot of things going on there. But on the 49ers, we have, come on, be smart. Shut down Matt Breida. The guy's proven that he at least, at the very least, deserves a spot on the team. We already know Shanahan likes him a lot. That's why he's played so much. That's why he wanted him to be in a timeshare with Jared McKinnon coming into the season before McKinnon got hurt. I mean, I'm just, I, not even just from a fantasy football perspective, I am sick and tired of watching Matt Breida just put himself through unnecessary punishment at this point. Shut him down. You're not going anywhere. Playoffs are out. You're 4-10. and 10, And as a 49er fan, quite frankly, I appreciate if you stop fucking up your draft pick. I need you to get a high draft pick, guys. Stop it. Stop with this winning. How did you win this game 26-23 to 23 against Seattle in overtime? Why was that a thing? Why was that something you were even trying to do, quite frankly? And on Seattle's part, not that this is fantasy-related, re- but real quick note here on, fan- on Seattle's part, they went from being possibly in the driving- driver's seat, well, actually should have been in the driver's seat because they should have beat San Francisco to now all of a sudden being down in the muck that is the NFC wildcard race right now. I mean, this was an absolute blunder on Seattle's part. And it was an absolute blunder on Seattle's defense for fantasy purposes as well because they also did not come to play the way you were hoping they were going to, especially since they had been hot as of late, have been scoring special team and defensive touchdowns, and just 
didn't do anything against the 49ers here in this one. I mean, didn't get any turnovers, didn't return any kicks, barely got, had three sacks on the game. That was it. I mean, this was a defense that was going to be a popular stream for a lot of people in this matchup and did not come through for you. But they're not the only ones who didn't come through. Uh, Russell Wilson, he didn't have a terrible game, but in a matchup that he should have been able to take advantage of and maybe finally come through for his fantasy owners who drafted him have just been completely disappointed by his production all year long. Still didn't have a great game that you were hoping he would have against San Francisco. 23 of 31, 237 yards, two touchdowns, didn't have a pick, but also didn't tack on very many rushing yards. Only had five scrambles for 15 yards in this game. No rushing touchdowns to help supplement. I mean, I don't know if you're going to play Russell Wilson in your Week 15 matchups. I would hope most of you would not just because he has been undependable uh, regardless of what the matchup is for him. But if you're sitting there looking at it like, well, it's San Francisco. I should have a good shot here. I'm going to play Russell Wilson. You've been platooning at quarterback all year long. He didn't lose you the matchup, but he didn't have that big game like he should have here against San Francisco. And I was really surprised that they didn't have a big pass play for more than 40 yards in this game to Tyler Lockett or to anybody really uh, but the person who did kind of come to life a little bit in this game came to life the first time they played San Francisco as well I might add Doug Baldwin here four catches 77 yards and two touchdowns on six targets uh, was second in targets to you'll never guess who unless you watch the game but Mike Davis Mike Davis had eight targets in this game now we knew Rashad Penny was going to be out due to his injuries and stuff that he's been able to deal with. And we knew it was going to be a lot of Chris Carson. And we knew that, you know, with Seattle, because they like to run the ball so much, utilize the running backs as much as they do, Mike Davis would get involved. But the fact that he got involved in the passing game the way he did, eight catches, 63 yards, was a total shock. Now, you're not going to be picking up Mike Davis for championship week. He wasn't even on the waiver wire segment. Nobody need to be worried about. As long as Chris Carson's healthy and good to go, I'm not going to be playing anybody else in Seattle as a flex player or any other thing. So Chris Carson did have a good game for you, did come through for you. 22 carries, 119 yards, and a touch. Even tacked on 29 uh, 29 receiving yards in this one. If you're in PPR League, you got an extra bonus because he had six receptions in this game as well on six targets. That's something you don't normally get out of Chris Carson, so you get the added bonus value out of him during those PPR leagues as well even playing was an RB2 so he definitely came through for everybody involved look next week are we looking at Baldwin no you can't trust what he's done there's been a couple games where it's seemingly like he's come back to life and then suddenly he disappears uh but the same thing goes with Tyler Lockett I'm just I'm not gonna trust anybody in the passing game with Seattle I'm not gonna trust Russell Wilson I'm not gonna trust Doug Baldwin and even Tyler Lockett even though he has that big play capability unless you're in a matchup where you feel like you need to hit a home run against your opponent in the championship week I don't know how much I'm gonna love playing a guy who could just as easily lose me that week because he does absolutely nothing or possibly win me that week and I have to sit there and pray and hope that he actually goes off and that's the week that he goes off and does it that's kind of the issue here with Tyler Lockett as well so I mean it depends on your matchups what do you have to do remember get those star set questions into me at MDFF show on Facebook and on Twitter if you give me a really good idea of what you're looking at and who you're playing against I can give you better advice uh, than just general but my general advice would be I hope that you have somebody who has a little bit higher of a floor for your wide receiver three than Tyler Lockett going into next week San Francisco 
We know Matt Breida got banged up. He did finish the game, had 17 carries for 50 yards, had 46 yards receiving. So I had 96 total yards, a decent day. For PPR leagues, he tacked on the extra five receptions, so he got you to double-digit points. He didn't score in this one. That was really the only drawback. And because he played, Jeff Wilson Jr. only had seven carries. 46 yards was very effective with his carries that he was able to get. Much more effective than Matt Breida was able to be against Seattle. But what didn't get a ton of work because Matt Breida was banged up. Now, if Matt Breida does sit out next week like he should, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., A, shouldn't have been dropped if you own Matt Breida or picked him up in the first place. He shouldn't have been dropped right away because you know Matt Breida could get hurt in an in instant uh, and make Jeff Wilson Jr. valuable again. But if you did drop him, try to get him back because if Matt Breida doesn't play next week and really, regardless of the severity of his injury, he really shouldn't play next week. Jeff Wilson Jr. could go back to getting all of the work. If he gets all of the work, he's definitely going to be a high-end flex play at minimum uh, next week and will be very valuable to you and your opponent. So remember, as I and I talked about this a lot yesterday when I was going through the waiver wire segment, even if you have a lot of options at running back at flex when it comes to these running backs that are suddenly available due to injury now at the end of the season that might get a lot of the work, even if they become available, even if even if you don't have a spot for them on your starting lineup, make sure you can still pick them up to block your opponent from being able to pick up a really good player that's available as well. So it's just as important, especially in the championship weeks. Uh, Nick Mullins, you're not going to be streaming him uh, anytime soon, or anytime soon. You're not going to be streaming him next week, and that's all I really care about. So we're not going to talk about him too much, but I am going to talk about Dante Pettis. He was on my waiver wire segment last night. He's still uh, majority available in leagues. He's somebody who's had a very good game. Now, he didn't score in this one. This was his first time in three games that he didn't score. But he still got a lot of the work. He's still the top receiver for the 49ers at the end of the day. Five catches, 83 yards on five targets. Nick Mullins does have a rapport with Dante Pettis. He will have opportunities to score as he's shown over the past three weeks before this one. He's somebody he's going to look to in the red zone outside of George Kittle. George Kittle in this game had an okay game. Uh, when it comes to the tight ends, he don't need to do a lot. He had eight targets. He led the way in targets, but he only had three catches for 51 yards. He had an okay game. Uh, didn't have the touchdown, but for a tight end, still kind of puts him in that didn't bust for you, so you're okay at the end of the day. And that's really all it takes with the tight end position right now, unless you have Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz. But uh, George Kittle is somebody you're definitely going to still be playing next week if you are in the championship game and you have him. It's not something I'm going to be concerned about going into next week as well. Uh, Marquise Goodwin wasn't a factor. That's also another reason why Dante Pettis, I believe, is somebody who's worthy of a pickup if you're in a situation that you find yourself needing a wide receiver three or a flex play for next week. Because uh, he had one catch, seven yards on one target. Dante Pettis is, is is the guy with Nick Mullins right now. He's the guy who's on fire. I would continue to go with him. The passing attack is competent enough with the San Francisco 49ers that regardless of who they're playing, somebody will still be able to be productive. All right, for our next game, we have the Patriots and the Steelers. And this was a really... This was a really disappointing game, not just from a fantasy perspective. And there was there were some things that were disappointing fantasy-wise, some other good things, as, as most games are. But really, from a general football perspective, this game was really just disappointing across the board. For the Patriots, Tom Brady just doesn't just doesn't look quite sharp. I don't know if it's a neat thing. A couple weeks ago, I was convinced it was a neat issue because he didn't look like he was stepping into his throws. 
Now it looks more like he's just kind of like lethargic out there. He looks like he's kind of just going through the motions out there. Maybe I heard a couple people talk about maybe this is the end of Tom Brady finally. I don't know. I never really bought that he was going to play at least 45, but I will say he just doesn't seem quite as emotionally invested this year as he has in previous years. Not saying he's not emotionally invested, just doesn't seem to be quite at the level, at that elite level that it had been for the past few seasons. But this is Patriots, this is Tom Brady. When they actually get into the playoffs, we could easily see that switch flip. If, and that's if you're a Patriots fan. For fantasy football purposes, though, he was 25-36, 279 yards, a touchdown, an interception, I mean, the Patriots have to find a way to get back on track on offense, and next week would be a good week for them to try to do so because they have to show they can actually score those points, get going again. They haven't been able to get certain guys the ball as much as they would like. In particular, James White suddenly has kind of gone from PPR-wise was like an RB1, and even Standard was an RB2, you know, the highest of flex plays, and he's kind of fallen off the map and going back to James White of irrelevancy to the playoffs uh he had two carries for 12 yards only had five catches for 25 yards was second on the team in targets with seven but just still wasn't involved in the way they usually try to get him involved julian edelman was good in this game seven catches 90 yards and 11 targets you're not going to complain about that when it comes to julian edelman he's not somebody you expect to score he's got a high floor in standard leagues and he's got a he's a really solid high-end wide receiver two in ppr leagues and he was able to come through for you in this game did get banged up at one point during this game was able to come back in finish it out should be okay for next week so you don't really have too many concerns there Gronkowski yet again was disappointing five targets two catches 21 yards if you're if you made it to the championship game and you have Ron Gronkowski and he's he's another one of those superstar guys who's probably not on a lot of championship teams but if you were able to do so because the rest of your team is so good kudos to you also I don't know if you have better options to play than Rob Gronkowski, but that dude is clearly banged up right now. It's not even a question. He's not even close to being 100% anywhere close to being the Rob Gronkowski that we're used to seeing. So just keep that in mind going into next week. I don't know what's available for you in the streaming uh, waiver wire options as far as that goes, being that it's so late in the season and being at this point, there's just no tight ends really to be had anywhere right now, but... If you might have to play Gronk because you don't have anybody else who's better, but really, really don't feel great about it, if at all avoidable. Another guy who was really disappointing was Josh Gordon. Only two targets in this game, a catch for 19 yards. I mean, look, I know the Steelers defensively have not been giving up the big play since September, uh, nearly as much as they made some corrections into their secondary and their defense overall, quite frankly. And they, they just haven't been, you know, they haven't been that defense that you can automatically get the big play off of like they used to be. And that, good for them. But for Josh Gordon to come in here in a game in which the Patriots were trailing for most of it, had to come back, should have been higher scoring than what it wound up being. For him to only get one catch for 19 yards and only get two targets, really severely disappointing. But I have to say, if you're going into the championship week, you have Josh Gordon. I still think he is a very high wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two with potential, with upside. He always it only takes one play for him to be uh, to be the winner of your fantasy league that week. So I'm sticking with him as a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two. But again, like the rest of this Patriot offense, I'm just I don't feel great about any one particular person. Uh, 
right now just because their offense in general has just been wildly inconsistent. Sony Michelle, 13 carries, 59 yards. Once again, doesn't get involved in the passing game. I'm going to keep beating the drum. He can catch the ball, guys. I, I don't know how many of you out there have watched him back when he was in Georgia, but he was the Alvin Kamara of college football before he came into his role uh, with the New England Patriots and suddenly is not allowed to be in on third downs or in passing down situations. It just I know they got James White. I get that Rex Burkhead's back. Tony Michelle is a hell of a playmaker when the when he catches the ball on the outside and has one man to make miss and break it. He is that type of explosiveness. He did that a lot when he was in college. I don't understand why the Patriots refused to use him at all in that way, even with James White and Rex Burkhead on the roster. It just makes no sense to me. As a result, though, for fantasy purposes, Sonny Michel is another one where I think he's more of a low-end flex play right now. Look, anytime they get in close within the two-yard line, they're giving the, the James Devlin the, the vulture his touchdowns. Now, all of a sudden, he's not getting enough carries to break 100 yards, and he's not involved in the passing game. I mean, it's a guy who you know at the end of the day is going to have the most carries on the Patriots, so that can always get you a good amount of points, which is why he is a flex play still. But I don't know if you can consider him an RB2 going into your championship week or should I say have that expectation of an RB2 going into your championship week right now on the Steelers side of the ball a little bit of a different story when it comes to the running back we'll just switch to that position for the Steelers Jalen Samuels here was really good 19 of 42 uh, no touchdowns though and only tacked on two catches for 30 yards wasn't as involved in the passing game as he normally is but you're not going to complain when the guy had 19 carries for 142 yards at the end of the day he did really well for you came through was was a high-end rb2 uh borderline rb1 with the numbers that he was able to put up just didn't quite i don't think he quite got into the rb1 status because he didn't score but was right there on that cusp he came through for you at the end of the day and as james connor there is a lot of talk that james connor might be able to come back next week after he practiced in limited capacity on friday it looked like they were trying to see if maybe he can even get back for the patriot game but it does sound like they may push him to come back in week 16. Uh, so James Conner may be available for you guys again. If not, of course, make sure you hold on to Jalen Samuels. Don't do anything with him until Sunday morning when you find out for sure that James Conner is going to be active. That would be the only time I would say it's okay to drop Jalen Samuels if you need to. I don't see why you would need to, but if you need to, make sure you hold on to him until you know for sure that James Conner is not going to play. But there's a good chance that he may be available for you, James Conner owners out there. Ben Roethlisberger was okay in this game. 22 of 34, only 235 yards instead of two touchdowns, but also had two interceptions. The big thing about Ben Roethlisberger is if you've been leaning on him is that, one, he didn't lose you your matchup. He, he's not the guy who would be responsible if you did lose and he had Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, two, he was able to get through the game even with the rib injury that he has unscathed, so he will be okay for your Week 16 matchup if you're able to move on to the next round with Roethlisberger as your quarterback. On the receiving side, Tonio Brown continues to be a little bit underwhelming as far as his consistency goes. He did get the touchdown this one, four catches, 49 yards on seven targets, but you still want to see more out of him, especially in these big games. Juju Smith-Schuster was pretty disappointing because he did not get the touchdown like Antonio Brown did, even though he had four catches and 40 yards, kind of similar as far as the receptions and yardage goes. Ten targets, did have three more targets than Antonio Brown in this game, but doesn't get the touchdown, so it was really disappointing for you and really kind of 
may have cost you your week, quite frankly, in your semifinal matchup because you're depending on Juju Smith-Schuster to come for the, he doesn't. He's not always going to get that big 150-yard game, and, and you know that, but you need him to be a consistent, good wide receiver too, and that was not the case in this game uh, at all. Vance McDonald did score. He continues to be a tight end that you can continue to throw out there in your lineups if you're going in with him into your championship weeks now. Uh, He's a guy who's on a pass-heavy offense who does have the ability to catch the ball pretty well, and especially in the red zone. You saw in this game, he only had two catches, 13 yards on three targets, but he gets the touchdown, and that's good enough to make you on that cusp of the high-end tight end twos, low-end tight end ones, just based on that touchdown in that game. So somebody who I would continue to throw in my tight end position if you've been doing so to this point. I know a lot of people have been talking about James Washington. He led the he led the team in receiving yards in this one. Three catches, 65 yards on four targets. Finally got a lot more playing time with, uh, with Hunter now out and pretty much being forced into nobody else being able to take that uh, third receiver job from him. I know they played Eli, Lo- Eli Rogers a bit too, but he wasn't nearly as effective. James Washington... I- I actually think he might have some interest in a DFS format if you want a contrarian guy who can make a big play. But outside of doing it in that instance, it's not somebody you're going to be picking up and playing in your Week 16 matchups whatsoever. Our Sunday night matchup, we had the Rams and the Eagles. And this is another one of those games where it's just like, how in the hell, if you're the Rams, do you lose to the Nick Foles and the Eagles, especially with the way the Eagles have been playing right now on both sides of the football? On the Eagles' side... Doesn't this remind you a little? Don't you are you getting a little bit of deja vu? Remind you a little bit of last year. Carson Wentz goes out with a season-ending injury towards the end of the year. Nick Foles comes in, su- surprises a lot of people. They get into the playoffs. Now the difference, of course, is that they're definitely not going to be in the divisional round. They're definitely not going to have home field advantage. But they're seven and seven. Nine and seven might win this NFC East division right now. So it's just a little bit of deja vu that I wanted to point out. Neither here nor there when it comes to fantasy football, but when it does come to fantasy football, what are you talking about? And the first thing you got to talk about is the injuries at the running back position. Josh Adams got banged up, did come in back into this game. Todd Gurley got banged up, also came back into this game. On Todd Gurley's side, they're just calling it knee inflammation, saying it's nothing more than that. It's something you're going to have to keep your eye on. If he cannot go... Remember, Malcolm Brown is still banged up. John Kelly right now is the handcuff. Now, keep your eyes on Malcolm Brown because he may force his way into becoming available. But as it stands right now, John Kelly is the handcuff that you want to own from the Los Angeles Rams for Todd Gurley. They keep saying he's going to play next week. They're in a battle right now for home field advantage with the Saints who did manage to win. So they are going, they actually have games of importance for the next two weeks. They're going to want Gurley to play if he's in fact able to play, if it is in fact just knee inflammation. But you never, you never, never, never get comfortable with your running back having a knee issue, especially with Todd Gurley, who's had a history of ACL injuries stemming all the way back to college. Uh, So definitely something you're going to want to keep your eye on. Make sure if you are a Todd Gurley owner, your first pickup is John Kelly. Just protect yourself at the very least. Uh, they're playing San Francisco. So it's going to be a plus matchup. If he gets all the work, he should be fine as, as far as being at least a RB2 for you going into next week. But make sure you're protected if you have Todd Gurley on your team. He did come through for you in this one. 12 carries, 48 yards, 2 touchdowns. Also had 10 catches for 76 yards on 13 targets. Led the team in targets. So he had a huge game for you after 
having a dud in week 14. So hopefully Todd Gurley was on a lot of teams that uh, play in those leagues where you actually get the first round bye because you have six teams make the playoffs and you know you have week 16 is your championship. Week 15 would actually be like your divisional round slash semifinals where the division winners get that first week bye. Hopefully he was on a lot of those types of teams because uh, I would hate to have seen Todd Gurley lose you week 14. You'd be out of the playoffs and then week 15 comes back and has the game that you've expect him to have every single week pretty much when it comes down to it as great as he has been uh receiving wise for the rams look robert woods seven catches 74 yards on nine targets the surprise was josh reynolds josh reynolds had 12 targets in this game Five catches, 70 yards, didn't have any touchdowns. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Still not a huge game, but it was just a real shock that he had 12 targets in this one. Brandon Cooks, six catches, 59 yards on seven targets. Really just disappointing all the way around for those three receivers going against the Philadelphia Eagles, a matchup that has been a bar burner for every receiver involved whenever they've gotten to play the Eagles pretty much all season long, but especially within the past month has been especially bad for the Philadelphia Eagles secondary. So the fact that nobody went over 100 yards receiving, nobody got a receiving touchdown because, well, Jared Goff didn't throw a touchdown was really disappointing, and that mostly stems on Jared Goff, not the receivers. Jared Goff here, 35-53, 339 yards, no touchdowns, one pick. At the end of the day, it's not a horrible stat line, but he again did not play well and was a big reason why the Rams wind up losing this game. Look, since they beat Kansas City in that 54-51 ridiculous circus of a game, and went on by, the Rams' offense in general has not looked sharp. But Jared Goff in particular has been bad. And I don't know what you're going to do about that. Look, they play San Francisco. They, oh, no, sorry, not San Francisco. They play Arizona next week. Who's been decent against quarterbacks? But I think that's more has to do with circumstances of their run defense being pathetic than it does with their secondary being a top 10 secondary, actually. Uh, so that, that's, that's one of those defenses where I think the numbers are a little bit misleading with the talent they actually possess. I don't know how you go away from Jared Goff. He's a big, if you have Jared Goff and you're in the championship week, he's a big reason why you're able to get there in the first place. So it's going to be hard to go away from him. Rams offense, whether it's throwing the ball, running the ball, whatever the case may be, needs to get back on track. Sean McVay knows that. The big thing they need to get back on track, they need to get Jared Goff back on track. Even though they're playing against Arizona, it's a game that they want to be able to win because they still want to be competing for that home field advantage throughout the playoffs right now with the Saints. So there's a lot of things as to why Jared Goff may be able to find a way to bounce back next week. 
and I wouldn't necessarily write him off right away, but it's definitely concerning that he just hasn't looked sharp in a game against the Eagles, which should have been ripe for the taking at home in Los Angeles to not throw a passing touchdown is really bad and really concerning, even though he does go for 339 yards. So something to keep your eye on. We'll talk more about that when we get into the preview matchups on Thursday and Friday. On the Eagles side of the ball, talk briefly about Josh Adams. He was able to come back in. He should be okay for next week, uh, but you'll have to keep your eyes on that to see exactly how that happens. While he was out, Wendell Smallwood came in, had a very successful day. 10 carries, 48 yards, two touchdowns. Just going to show you that if Josh Adams is going to be out next week, Wendell Smallwood is somebody you want to go ahead and pick up because he will have RB2 value as the main rusher for them. Remember, Corey Clement's out on IR, so it's just going to be Sproles and Smallwood if Josh Adams is out. So that makes Smallwood very valuable as an RB2, high and flex play at the very least uh, due to that injury. Adams was able to get you a touchdown uh, even while he was hurt in this game, so didn't didn't totally bust out for you. Didn't lose you the game necessarily, but just didn't have that big game that he was starting to look like he was getting ready to have week in and week out with the amount of carries that he was getting with the talent that he's starting to show. Reminds me a lot of Ajayi, the way he runs, the type of power runner that he is. Reminds me a lot of Ajayi, something they really need on that Eagles team right now as well. But for next week, just keep in mind, Smallwood is who you want to pick up. Nick Foles was 24 of 31, 270 yards, no touchdowns, one interception, He's not somebody you're going to be streaming next week. But the fact that he was pretty efficient in this game. Look, when we saw him earlier in the season, we saw him in the first couple of games, that Eagles offense was not just struggling. Nick Foles looked awful. But he looked like how I expect Nick Foles to look like because I don't think Nick Foles is a great quarterback. Now, having said all that, if he comes back in, the Eagles go on another run uh, with Nick Foles here at the playoffs at the end of the season. Even though I will still think he's not a good quarterback, I won't be able to say anything anymore. But until that happens, I can still say he's not a good quarterback and still mostly not get killed for it, as long as you're not an Eagles fan, for the most part. But the fact that he was able to come in this game and be efficient and be competent does mean that guys like Zach Ertz can still be trusted, even though he only had three catches for 22 yards on seven targets in this game. Alshon Jeffrey can be trusted, maybe even more so because Nick Foles will look to Alshon Jeffrey first, where, where with Carson Wentz, it looked like he was starting to go to Golden Tate first and Alshon Jeffrey second there for a few weeks. Uh, you know, Alshon had a big game in this one. Eight catches, 160 yards on eight targets. Super efficient in this one, super explosive. Golden Tate, five catches, 43 yards, only on five targets in this game. I think he takes the biggest hit out of all the pass catchers when it comes to the Eagles with Nick Foles under center. Everyone else, you still have to play. Look, Zach Ertz, you're just you're tempering your ceiling for Zach Ertz. And that's what I was telling you to do before we went into this game anyway. You had to temper your expectations on Zach Ertz with Nick Foles in the game. You saw what happened the first three weeks. He was still heavily featured, but I also have to remember, Alshon Jeffrey wasn't back at that time. They didn't have Golden Tate on the roster at that time. It was Nelson Aguilar, Zach Ertz, nobody else. And even then, with all the volume Zach Ertz was getting with Nick Foles under center, it still wasn't great looks because Nick Foles wasn't getting the ball in those same situations down the field and in the red zone as efficiently as Carson Wentz had been. So it's one of those things you got to temper expectations. And this time around, with they do have Alshon Jeffrey, who's healthy. They do have Golden Tate now. You're going to have to play Zach Ertz, but all I'm saying is just temper your expectations, know the circumstances going into your Week 16 championship matchup. If that dictates that maybe in your flex or your wide receiver three spot, you have to take more of a chance than you would have, that's something you may have to consider. 
that pretty much wraps up this game. I don't think there's anything else I need to really get into. So that'll bring us to the Monday night game between the Saints and the Panthers in this one. Uh, 12 to 9 wasn't wasn't a great game to watch. And for a guy who and me who didn't actually have anybody in fantasy on either one of these two teams, uh, you know, I try to watch all the games before I do the podcast so I can make sure I give you the best analysis that I possibly can. And this, I'm just telling you, this was a hard game to really want to continue watching with nothing really at stake other than just wanting to do a good job for the podcast because, oh, it was boring in every every sense of the word. And if you have Drew Brees, it was another dud game. And I can't imagine that you actually have Drew Brees that are in the championship unless the rest of your team is just so loaded right now because he's been a complete dud for you so far throughout the fantasy playoffs. And I don't even know how you can go into next week trusting him. Now, they might, they should be home next week. Maybe that'll play a difference. But as of late, because since the Saints defense has played better, especially over the past like five weeks now, they've been playing pretty well. Since that time has happened, they've gone back to what they were doing a year ago, which was throwing a hell of a lot less, running a hell of a lot more. And because they've been doing that, it's been taking away the volume from Drew Brees. It's been taking away the -the down-the-field looks that he was getting uh, that was really helping his numbers, helping Michael Thomas as well, who's also taken somewhat of a hit. Not a huge one, but somewhat of a hit from the big monster games that he's having every week earlier on in the season to being more of a lower-end wide receiver one type of ball game. I don't think it's going to bounce back next week. We, You never know with the Saints, though, when they're at home, when their offense is humming. Anything can happen, especially with Drew Brees in New Orleans. So I don't want to rule it out completely, obviously, uh, especially after you know saying DeAndre, I was worried about DeAndre Hopkins and watching him be the number one receiver in all fantasy football last week. But, but it's just very concerning right now. So if you happen to be able to get through this slump of Drew Brees into your championship weeks, there may be other options that you want to look into, and we'll get into that when we get into the preview matchups on Thursday and Friday uh, as well. But like I said, 23-35, only 203 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, just not effective at all, and didn't tack on anything for you on the ground either. As far as the rushing game goes, Alan Kamara Mark Ingram still wound up splitting those carries pretty 50-50, and that's been something that's been a trend over the last few weeks as well. Kamara had 14 carries, Mark Ingram had 12. Now Kamara gets 67 yards, Mark Ingram gets 63. The difference here was that Kamara was the one who got the rushing touchdown instead of Mark Ingram in this game. But a little bit concerning when you've been leaning on on Alvin Kamara to be this big-time RB1 that he had been, that Mark Ingram, all of a sudden, when it looked like maybe even with Ingram in, that Kamara was taken away, now it's come back back to being about even. It's come back to being how it was a year ago, where these guys are pretty much splitting touches almost down the middle, as far as when it comes to the rushing game. Now, the receiving game, Alvin Kamara got back on track as far as his usage in the receiving game. Seven catches, 36 yards on nine targets, tied for the team high in targets with Michael Thomas, who also had nine. He had seven catches for 49 yards, didn't have a touchdown. So that's what I'm talking about when it comes to he's not having that big games as much as he used to, uh, more like teetering on the lower end of the wide receiver one stick. So unless they open up the passing game again, unless they get him down the field again, I would temper expectations. You're going to play Michael Thomas, so that's not what I'm saying there, but may have to temper expectations of what what you can have out of him in your Week 16 championship matchups uh, this week. 
Nobody else of note in the passing game or on the Saints really in general. Uh, so you're going to play Kamara. I think Mark Ingram's a high-end flex play, low-end RB2 with the amount of touches he's been getting. He's He's got a chance to score uh, in any given week as well. And you're going to play Michael Thomas. Drew Brees, I'm a little iffy on, but just all of those guys, I think you have to temper some expectations. Still feel pretty good about Kamara at the end of the day, but... Really, with the way this offense has been working since their defense has been playing better, I don't know if they changed the formula. Against the Carolina Panthers, this is the secondary has been burnable for them to not come out and try to light it up. Really disappointing on that end. So something we'll have to keep in mind and talk about more in the preview matchups here. On the Panthers' side of the ball, Cam Newton definitely lost some people some matchups. No doubt about it. Only 16 of 29, 131 yards, no touchdowns, one pick. Really, really pathetic at the end of the day. Christian McCaffrey was the better passer on the day as he had that nice trick play that he threw for 50 yards and a touchdown on that. Looked like Odell Beckham on that throw where it's like, hmm, maybe the best quarterback on the team is not the quarterback right now. Look, we talked about Cam Newton. I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that his shoulder, there's something seriously wrong with his shoulder. It's not, it's not just sore. It's not just tweaked. There's something really wrong with it. And now we have Ron Rivera coming out and saying that he hasn't ruled out the idea of maybe just shutting Cam Newton down for the next two weeks. It shouldn't even be an idea. That should be already 100% taken care of now. There's no reason on the face of the planet that Cam Newton should be playing the next two weeks. None whatsoever. You're not going to be in the playoff race. You're only going to get, you only run the risk of getting him killed. That is it. Now, if you're in fantasy football, I can't imagine that Cam Newton's on any championship team, especially at the performance that he just put up. But on the off chance that he is, just keep in mind, there's a really good chance that Cam Newton doesn't play this week. And even if he does, because that shoulder injury is so severely hurt, I don't think you can lean on the hopes that he runs enough to make up for his fantasy value here. I think you need to look into other options besides Cam Newton. That does affect Christian McCaffrey, who was pretty much the entire team uh, in this game. Threw for a touchdown, 15 carries, 53 yards, also had 8 catches for 67 yards, 11 targets. The second most target on the team was 4. Just to give you an idea of how heavily involved Christian McCaffrey was and how much more involved he was than everybody else on the offense in this week. That has been Christian McCaffrey. He's always going to have a high floor for you. Even if Cam does not play, he'll have a high floor for you. You will play him as a high-end RB2 next week. But I, what I will say is that usually when running quarterbacks go out and they're, post, they're, they're supposed to be part of the offense and the running ability is part of the offense, it typically hurts running backs, running production in particular quite a bit. And if they go to their backup quarterback, I McCaffrey might get the targets, but I don't know how effective and how how opportunistic his touches will be even in the passing game with the backup quarterback there as well. So something to keep in mind, you may have to temper expectations for Christian McCaffrey if Cam Newton does not play. That would be the one owner that would want to see Cam out there even if he really shouldn't be. Uh, obviously, you still play Christian McCaffrey no matter what happens because he's always going to be touching the ball a ton no matter what the situation is, no matter who is under center. But definitely something I would have to temper expectations to some degree on as far as what the efficiency and productivity might be without Cam in there. As far as receivers, you want to know, we've always talked about Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore. Ian Thomas came up after he had a big week last week. Who would it be? Look, all I can say is Devin Funches, again, not involved in any kind of capacity. Curtis Samuels, DJ Moore, basically weren't on the field either. Four targets, one catch, 17 yards for Curtis Samuels. Two 
two catches, 12 yards on three targets for DJ Moore. Two catches for 14 yards on four targets from Ian Thomas. You're not playing any of these guys next week. I don't care if you're like, hey, you know what? This is part of the deal. Sometimes you have a big week. Sometimes you have a low week. Look, I don't think Cam's going to play, even if he does, with the shoulder the way he is. I'm not touching any of the pass catchers. The only person in the Carolina Panthers that I will even think about playing next week would be Christian McCaffrey. That is it. All right, so that wraps up the recap part of the podcast. Now I'm going to go into the part where we're going to talk a little bit Real quickly, not going to keep you too long, on what I expect on the offseason, what you guys can expect for 2019. It's a lot of exciting stuff. I've been working really hard. Even while I've been doing all these podcasts for you guys behind the scenes, I have been working really hard on things that I want to have in place for next year. I'm already on the next year. Already. I've been on the next year actually since like week three of this season with things that I want to be able to add. So first off, the most important is that the MD Fantasy Football Show will have its own website. Do not have the official domain name for you right now, although it will most likely be www.mdffshow, just like the Twitter and Facebook handles.com. That will most likely be the website, not official. We'll definitely announce it to be official, posting it and everything like that on at mdffshow on Twitter and on Facebook. But to keep in line with the user handle and being that I already know that that domain is available, it will most likely be that domain. And that will not just hold the podcast. It will hold all the podcasts and all the episodes, and you'll be able to go there. And it'll also hold all of the links for where you get your podcast at, whether it's Podbean, iTunes, Simplecast, Radio Public, uh, iHeartRadio, all of them. All the links will be there under those episodes for you to be able to get if you listen to it mobily or on your laptop, whatever the case may be, wherever you listen to them. You can listen to them through that website as well. But that all the links to where you get your podcast will be there as well with the episodes. It will also have projections. That's right. The MD Fantasy Football Show will have projections next year. Um, projections for every single player leading up into your draft to help you prepare for your drafts as well as in-season projections. I've been working all year long on getting the templates all set up, making it as easy as I possibly can on me because I'm still going to be the one who's doing it all. I'm going to be the one doing, who's doing the projections, still hosting the show, still producing the show. I'm still going to be the one who's doing it all. So I, the reason why I didn't have that this year was because I needed to make sure I had all the templates showed, uh, set up, everything ready to go so to make it as easy as I possibly can on me because I have to manage my time down to the minute when it comes to this show and being able to do all that stuff. And if I want to be able to do that stuff next year, I have to make sure I have time to do it. Uh, so that's why I wanted to wait a year, but that will be available next season. I've been working hard on that. I'll be working more on it in the off season as well. So MD Fantasy Football Show will have uh, projections preseason leading up to your drafts and also in season. Also, along with the projections leading up to your draft, I will have a full MD Fantasy Football Show draft kit for, for available for you guys 2019. It will be completely free. I know some people, some experts out there, some websites, they want to charge you for their draft kits. No, 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 not here. All I want is your loyalty, your subscriptions, your downloads, your comments, your your banter, your your fantasy football passion. That is all I want here doing this show. That is all I care about. I want to get as many people involved uh, as possible and enjoying the show and enjoying the information and the hard work that I put out for you to try to win your championship. That is what it's all about. I want you to win. Uh, so the, all of that's going to be available with draft kit. And that draft kit is going to include those pre, in pre, uh, preseason projections. It will also include uh, tier rankings, which I'm going to do. 
I haven't decided some of the other things. I've been kicking around some other ideas of what it may include, like such as a value system and whatnot, uh, consistency ratings, stuff like that. But it'll definitely have the preseason projections for each player. And I will definitely have the tier rankings for uh, for you to be able to go for. And the tier rankings, to me, is really the most important part because that is what really gives you the value structure for your fantasy football drafts to really get an idea of what do you need on your team, what kind of level caliber of player compared to the rest of the ones out there are you getting there. So the tier rankings, to me, is the most important thing to have when you are drafting. So that will definitely be available for you as long as with the projections as well. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to wind up doing the consistency ratings, but just want to be clear, that's something I'm still kicking around and haven't 100% committed to being in the draft kit. But all of that will be in there uh, for your use as well. And that will be, I'll have it in a PDF file on the website that you'll be easily be able to copy and paste, print out yourself, whatever the case may be. I'm going to have all of that available for you. So on top of having all that added information, the own own website and everything like that, I am also going to have a different schedule, I believe, next year. I'm still probably going to do, uh, well, I'm definitely going to do the recaps and the previews. Whether I break it down by part one or part two yet, I haven't decided because I am definitely going to have an episode each week where I'm going to do, I'm going to call it by the numbers. And what that's going to be is that's going to be my preview from a projection standpoint and rankings for each position going into the next week for from player to player so you'll be able to see what receivers I have ranked in that matchup what quarterbacks I have ranked in that upcoming matchup it won't be just me with the episode the preview episodes letting you know who do I like who do I not like uh, who do I think has a good matchup a good situation to do well trending in the right direction I will have also have with those in-season projections, have the rankings for the wide receivers, the quarterbacks, uh, you know, all the positions, obviously. And I'll have a episode devoted to going through the numbers and some things that I want you to be aware of. Obviously, I'm not going to go big. All right, I have Aaron Rodgers projected for 22 points. I have Tom Brady projected for 21. No, 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 no. that's not what I'm going to be doing. But I will give you an idea of who my top tens are, who my you know, wide receiver twos, running back twos are, who my flexes are, guys who I think you should keep an eye out on, who the numbers really pop out at, maybe guys, sleeper guys you weren't really paying attention to, all that stuff. I'm going to have an episode devoted to players by the numbers, basically. And that's why I'm going to call that by the numbers. Um, what I haven't decided is I may keep a part one, part two recap, part one, part two preview, and then Wednesday, the one day that I don't uh, record now, I would record it on Wednesday and have that by the numbers podcast episode for you. But that is something that will definitely be involved in the next season. As we get closer, I'll have a better idea if I'm just going to have one recap show for the week or just one preview show for the week. I haven't really decided on that part yet. I may just keep it the way it is and just add in the extra day of podcasting for the by the numbers, which will reflect the projections and the rankings that will, I will have available to you in season and will be on the website. Um, some other things that we will have too as well, the off-season schedule. So starting in March, as you all know, the beginning of March is free agency. So once free agency kicks off, that Friday of the week that free agency kicks off, so I don't, I don't know if it's the, I can't remember off the top of my head if it's the first Friday of March or if it's the second Friday of March, whatever the case may be. Each Friday, I'm going to have one episode a week, and like I said, Friday, it'll, it'll, it'll 
be published sometime on Friday, maybe Saturday, but I'll have one episode a week where I will go over the fantasy impact of free agency. And then that'll be the first two weeks of March. The second two weeks of March and throughout really up until the draft, I'm going to be going over fantasy impact uh, of possible players who are getting drafted, what possible situations that they wound up in, who could actually be fantasy relevant as rookies. Uh, Maybe some dynasty stuff. I haven't really been that... I haven't really gotten into that as a focus of mine yet, but that could be a possibility as well as we go through it. We're going to be going through the rookies anyway that much. I promise you who who might be actually fantasy worthy for with a focus on 2019, though, in their first rookie years, depending on what situations they wind up in. So it'll be a one episode a week type of thing. It's definitely through March probably and a little bit through April. Then we'll have the draft. Then after that, usually the schedule will come out. When the schedule comes out, I'll go over what what schedule grades I have for everybody, what you can expect based off of you know free agency and draft and how that went, who we think might have the nice matchups here. Let's grade out the schedules. I'll do a podcast for that. And then I'll take another break and not come back until the beginning of July. And then beginning of July, I'll have one episode a week again in July for those four weeks of that month. Uh, getting just getting with training, keeping up with mini camp uh, news, guys who are getting hyped that maybe shouldn't, guys who aren't getting hyped that should, or you know whatever the case may be. Going through some players that I like, going through the positions that I like, previewing each matchup, and then in August is when I'm going to do two episodes a week because that's when we're getting nitty gritty. That's when drafts will be coming up. I'll be going over the draft kits on air, uh, players, all the players and positions that I like and. And all the numbers that I've crunched for them, the projections I have, and all that stuff. So, and that'll be two episodes a week in August. And then once the season kicks off, it'll most likely be five episodes a week once the season kicks off. But that, that is what the off-season schedule is going to look like. So, remember, I'll do two podcasts next week. I still have Thursday and Friday this week, preview part one and part two. Take a break until March, and then I'll be sprinkled in there throughout March and all the way up until July. And then August get a little, get a little bit more serious. Get like kind of like go from that, uh, that brisk, that brisk walk to a light jog, and then September, bam, just hit the ground running, and we'll be back to how we've been doing it uh, this year. So all that stuff, very excited for, very glad that I have been able to set some of that stuff up where I will be able to bring all of that new great information to you from the MD Fantasy Football Show, getting getting more uh, recognition, getting more substantive to, to be a, a bigger part of your fantasy world that you go to to help yourself win your championships. That is my goal at the end of the day. So very excited that I've been able to do that because I've been able to get more listeners than I thought I was going to uh, that have, like I said, like I said yesterday, I wanted to thank all you guys finally mildly entertaining that you actually came back to me and downloaded the way that you did. Uh, star sick questions are, have been one of my favorites part of this podcast this year, answering those, putting them on the show, going over them. So, all of that has led to me being able to open up the show like this. So I really appreciate your guys' support. Hope you continue to do so. And I have all that exciting stuff waiting for you for the 2019 season and in the offseason coming up as well. So as always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. I'm going to see you guys on Thursday for the preview part one and part two. Remember, at MDFF Show on Facebook and on Twitter for the star sick questions. I will answer all of them. I'll put a handful of them on 
the podcast and of course and listen to that or any other episode www.mdfantasyfootball.podbean.com listen to an iTunes Simplecast Radio Public anywhere you go for your podcast these the MD Fantasy Football Show is available to you I'm your host Dan Mater and I'll see you guys on Thursday For four days only, it's the sizzling hot summer sale at JCPenney. Thursday through Sunday, shop select men's and women's tees in all new bright colors. Just $5 for her and $7.99 for him. Plus, pick up select Home Expressions bath towels, two for $7. All these deals and no coupon needed. Hurry in, but stay cool. These deals are sizzling. JCPenney. Offers valid 627 to 630. Exclusions apply. See store jcp.com for details. Get enhanced security for your Wi-Fi network with Xfinity XFi. If it's connected, it's protected. That's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity today for fast speeds and the best in-home Wi-Fi experience. Get great coverage throughout your home. Plus, ask how to get enhanced network security, safer browsing, and more with XFi Advantage. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.